The Crinkling. Sounds like a bad 80s uh, horror movie. Again, off topic, but yes, I see your point <laughs> on that one. Hey, man, what's going on, dude? So, you are Generation Y, right? I'm sort of on this weird... Well, I don't know. So, Generation Y and a quote-unquote millennial are two different descriptive terms, right? One doesn't end and the other one doesn't begin, right? They, there's some overlap there, correct? I thought they were basically the same thing. It's I thought pro- I thought the millennial kind of replaced Generation Y so that you're not, like, contingent on Generation X for, like, being identified, like, you know? I, I think the millennial just became... But, yeah, right? Yeah, I think so. I think they stopped doing the XY and it just became millennial. Yeah, I, th- I think but, that's what it was. So, I, I think that, you know... Like, like 80 is the cutoff, roughly. Yeah, if you, if you look at the Wikipedia term for gener- for millennial, I'm the elderest of the millennials. You're the vanguard. Right. Okay, so my feeling is that you are part of the last generation that remembers universal experiences when it comes to media. Like, you know, you were alive when the majority of the people in the United States of America watched the finale of MASH, or you yourself, I know, were watching the finale to Seinfeld, and there was a time where like a vast majority or at least a substantial subdivision of the entire country if not the continent would just drop everything and watch something and have those sort of experiences where you know maybe somebody didn't see the same show as you did but because there were so many there was a limited number of, of options available they would at least have heard of it or have some knowledge of it because they would watch entertainment tonight and it would cover everything that would be available on like free television or you know like everybody would be watching UPN or or they'd be watching the UHF channels and they'd see the same commercials so they had some idea of what you're talking about before you had thousands of channels and you'd have shows that you never heard of on networks you don't even know exist like you do today. So there's a time where we all kind of had a shared culture which started to break up really badly in the 90s and I think from the 2000s onward it just doesn't exist anymore, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that, I mean, there may be a little leeway there but uh, like you, pro- you probably could go a little further into being born in the 80s. Like if you're probably born in 85, how old were you in uh, Seinfeld. Well, that, that's still your generation, though. Oh, no, 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 for, for sure. But I, I think, I mean, if you say millennial runs into the 90s, I wouldn't think any kid that was born in the 90s remembers the fucking Seinfeld finale. And for me, that's really one of the last big ones, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think because Friends and, and Seinfeld ended not too far apart, right? Right, right. right. Yeah, so, but even then, Friends ending wasn't nearly as big as Seinfeld, right? I mean, I, to me, that's that's like a high watermark. I don't know. I mean, it probably had a higher viewership, right? Wasn't Friends more popular than Seinfeld? No, 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 no. No? Really? Are you sure? No. No, not by the end there, was it? Google. I, I can internet save us real quick. Let's see. Friends. Okay, 52.5 million Americans watched the Friends finale. 76 million people watched the Seinfeld finale. Yeah, this Friends was the fourth most most watched. So, well, one was 98, and when was Friends? Was 2004. Okay, well, that's a pretty big jump there, too. So, yeah, I mean, you, I think it goes to show, I, I mean, part of it may be the relative popularity of Friends versus Seinfeld, although I still think that overall Friends was the more popular show, but... Uh, um, I, I, but I think by 2004, you'd already lost so many viewers to broadcast television that it may have been part of why it took that major hit comparatively. See, I think Friends targeted a more specific viewership. I think Seinfeld appealed to just way more people than Friends did. Friends was really the, uh, it was almost like, not like a soap opera, but it was closer to like a 90210 where they were all younger. They were all, you know, kids getting into more kid, like hipper problems. You know what I mean? It was more of a cl- 
click kind of a deal. I don't know how to describe it. Whereas Seinfeld, I think, was more all ages watch Seinfeld. And I think even probably you'd get into more races where Friends was a bunch of white people problem bullshit with a lot of really annoying fucking. They sat in a fucking coffee shop and not like a diner. Yeah, but, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not arguing with that. I'm just thinking that I, I don't know that Seinfeld really crossed racial lines all that much more than Friends did, though. I think they're both pretty white. Sure. Oh, I think it did more than, well, I mean, I, I say maybe cultural because it, I mean, maybe, I don't look, dude, we're going to get into some sensitive subjects here. Uh, but no, it, to, to me, friends would have trended younger. If anything, just let's look at age alone. You were going to have more older folks watching Seinfeld. And by older, I mean baby, older baby boomers mm-hmm. than you would watching friends. I think that, yeah, I, th- I think that friends was definitely more Gen X and younger where, yeah, you're probably right. Seinfeld actually probably skewed more, you, you know, more general. I think that younger people and older people like Seinfeld. So yeah, you may have a good point there. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Now that you wait, wait, it. Friends, friends was affecting things like fashion mm-hmm. and haircuts and bullshit like that. Seinfeld didn't do any of that shit. Cause that's not what Seinfeld was trying to do. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like fucking 60 year olds weren't getting like Seinfeld haircuts and bullshit like that. Whereas, you know, there was the, the famous friends. Don't let friends get friends haircuts saying, <laughs> cause everybody was trying to get Jennifer Aniston haircuts or fucking Courtney Cox or whatever. So, <laughs> Okay. Oh, you're, good point. Good point. <laughs> okay. So uh, I, the good thing is I'm getting material for Rolled Spine here, but <laughs> uh, off, the, off of where I'm shooting for, though, which is nowhere near where we, we, you probably think we're going right now. My hair was as long as yours, maybe a little longer. Oh, yeah. When I first met you, yeah. And uh, I had hit a rattlesnake on I-45 going toward Galveston. So I took it home and skinned it and tied the rattle in my hair like golf <laughs> <laughs> And that's a moment of fry hole history. The one my mom rented that fucked with my mind. And I've told this to Frank before. The stuff. My mom was I don't like, think I've ever seen that. My mom would go to the video store on Fridays. We would buy a Little Caesars pizza, and my mom would like let us pick movies. And one time, my mom's like, "I'm gonna pick the movies." Like, okay. She picks the stuff. So we're watching it. You've never seen the stuff? Uh-uh. Where it's like this creature that's like being pumped out of the earth and they put it in an ice cream form. And what it is, you'll eat it and you become obsessed where you're constantly eating it and it's actually eating you from the inside. And it's the way it takes us over. And so, Sounds dude, like I had fucking Mexican nightmares about pill. ice cream. I had nightmares about ice cream <laughs> where we would have ice cream in a freezer and I wouldn't touch it, dude, because I was so terrified as a kid. Because I'm like, I already know I'm going to eat this. Because I would see everybody eating ice cream because I'm like, that's what's going to happen. They're fucking bodies are going to crumble and the stuff's going to come out it's that's a great it's 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 not a great movie but it's a fun 80s like it's an effective child mind fuck and again and again my my horror movies tend to be more science based Mm. like i couldn't i never got into the the ghosty ones i loved anything that had just an inkling of maybe possibly happening Mm. like if there was just a small chance it could really happen that's all i needed for me to like really enjoy it if it was something like well that book fell off the table because it was a ghost i'm like no it didn't like that, there's no fact to that. It fucking fell off the table. I couldn't get behind those. Even the alien ones, that never really bothered me. Like, yeah, I, I love them as action like, movies, but not as horror movies. Like, I, I, it, it, there's a, there's, there's, there's a calming sense that if I can't move, fuck it, I can't do it. Like, I'm not gonna panic over it because I can't move. So I'm just gonna like, you know, you're gonna get probed, you're gonna get probed, man. There's no way around that, dude. Just grab, you know, bear, bear down and uh, enjoy. I'm just going through because there was a few like oddball ones that didn't really that came later. The Blob. Is the Blob Universal though? I don't think it is. Dude, this is. 
<laughs> We're watching a thing on it. It's like all the universal monsters. The blob was one of them. Which I to me, honestly, the blob those... scared me more than a lot of the other monsters because it came from space. And again, just a kernel of truth could truly happen where you have this organism introduced to a new uh, environment and it doesn't die and it, all it does is absorb and eat and, and absorb and eat. And I, I mean, I was like, oh shit, that would be scary. You know, me and my wife actually watched the remake of that. Mm-hmm. From 88, I think yeah. it was? Yeah. Three or four months ago. We, you know, we're going through Netflix and there and Hulu and all that and you know you got 8 million channels there's nothing on and I'm like hey let's watch this piece of shit and dude it was good I, I was surprised I like I enjoyed it you know it was kind of ridiculous you need to watch the stuff man the stuff is the, the stuff. I'm telling you oh I'm gives me nightmares too. what bothered me about the blob was because it was so amorphous there wasn't a limb you could chop off there wasn't like a thing you could shoot so you it could with. shoot it you could throw acid on it and it wouldn't die nothing, nothing. it's like so that's what terrifying no, me is there's no way to stop it it's the ter- it's the liquid terminator uh, did you guys watch the Edgar? I, I know you mentioned earlier the Edgar uh, uh, Allan Poe movies. Yeah, sure. I mean, and, and when I first saw them, I was really into Poe. When uh, I don't know, I guess I was I was eleven, twelve years old, and I read his stories, and I, I thought they were awesome. And of course, when Vincent Price did all of those movies, I watched the movies, and that was the thing about when Vincent Price did Poe, he pretty much kept it true to the book. Whether it was him or the director, I you know, I don't know. Price was a serious actor, and like I said, it wasn't until he got much older that he started doing a lot of comedy. I think the first Vincent Price horror movie I ever saw was Ghost on the Haunted Hill, or House on the Haunted Hill, and I, I saw that in the movie theater on a Saturday matinee, and it scared the crap out of me. I was about nine years old. But then again, it wasn't long before that that I watched Wizard of Oz, and it scared the crap out of me, too. I remember hiding behind the couch. <laughs> I was eight or nine years old. Edgar Allan Poe, I didn't know much about it. And would, uh, when they, uh, there was one movie that come out, and when I tried to watch it, I did not understand it one bit. I didn't, I mean, I was just like, what in the hell is this? I didn't understand, you know, because it, it, was, it was just, it was so crazy. That's why I don't even remember it. I remember about him, and I remember there was a movie about him, and movies that were done all about it. I, I just never went and saw any of them, because the first one just threw me away. And I just thought, wait, well, but then later on when I have read about it, then I kind of understand, because the guy was just it's a complete wacko, and but and the stuff that I have just read, just small parts of stuff, and uh, not really in his books, or just something where I look up stuff about his books and read a paragraph of it. I'm, I'm lost. I was like, man, the I, only how can anybody understand what the hell he was doing? Not me. I didn't understand a damn thing about him, except he was just a nut. Who was that? Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, well, yeah, but, I mean, I was really heavy into literature when I was young, so I read a lot, everything Poe did. I read the Iliad and the Odyssey, Call of the Wild. All those I read when I was like 11 years old. I get that, and I get watching the, the movies because, you know, I, I I saw the Pit and the Pendulum movie before I read the Pit and the Pendulum. And it was actually reading it was what what made me understand it. But, you know, it's a matter of age, too, because you're three years younger than I am. I I mean, I don't know how old you were when you saw that stuff. I mean, I didn't really understand heroin or getting high or anything like that, but I knew that Poe was an addict, and I realized that there was a certain amount of 
insanity that that you know the stuff that he wrote he actually imagined like the raven i I think that was the first one i ever read and let's face it middle of the night there's nobody around and you got a black raven rap rap rapping at your window hey that might give you the chills now birds aren't supposed to be wassing around birds go to sleep at night as soon as it gets dark and you realize that if that was really going on if he wasn't imagining it it's because the raven saw some light inside the room he saw actually saw his reflection in the window pane. But I guess if you're high on heroin and half nuts anyway, all by yourself, and you're going, oh, you know. <laughs> I think that's why he wrote that kind of stuff because he was just—I guess he was just dreaming it, and that's why he wrote it. <laughs> There's a lot of debate on that, but chances are he was hallucinating yeah, because he was, yeah. you know, he was drinking and, and, and doing heroin, all kinds of stuff. I'm sure you could say that about the Cheech and Chong movies. You know? <laughs> okay, say it again. Taco, 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 taco. Looks good to me. The Actually, rain was a little... in Spain mainly rain. Falls mainly on the plane. Yeah, some of that. Rage. Mexican-Americans. I'm not singing that song. Huh? I'm not singing that song. <laughs> you don't like that one? Dude. <laughs> you grew up on that shit, right? Yes. Mexican-Americans. <laughs> do the na-na's and the no-no's and the nini's and the no-no's. You know what doesn't hold up? Cheech and Chong. Really? You ever watch Cheech and Chong? No, the first one holds up perfect. Up in smoke, you think, Cheryl? Oh, up? dude, I just saw it with the boys like two weeks ago. It held up. It held up very well. I'm not sure I agree uh, with that. Uh, nice Dreams. That was not bad. So that was, and I liked that it was one the very best dated, as a kid. Very I, dated. I, that's the thing. I liked it the best as a kid because it had all the sci-fi stuff everything. Corsican Brothers does no. not hold up. Oh, God, that's And bad. next movie does not hold up. Cheech and Chong, the original. Wait, which one was the next movie? That's right after Up in Smoke. It's Up in Smoke. Then it's the next movie. Then it's and Nice Dreams. And the next one is the one where Cheech's cousin, who has the long red yeah, hair, shows red. up. Yeah, mm-hmm. Pee Wee Herman comes out in that one. Right, okay. Okay. Now, I, if I was... <laughs> okay, Up in Smoke, dude, it's it's like The Godfather, dude. Like, you can watch it and you fall into that universe and you're good. The next movie, it's cute, but it just felt forced. It just doesn't hold up. It just felt forced. Yeah. I, I, it was like, okay. Nice Dreams, it's good, but it's one of those where, like, they'll have, like, a nice, good bit and then a lot of filler that just doesn't... Like, yeah, when they're, I, when they're, I, I think the last time I saw Nice Dreams was probably, like, 88. It's, it's, on, a long it's on Netflix. Time. I just saw it, like, last night. Or I'm not exactly night. seeking it out, though. Well, when they have Timothy Leary come out and they had uh, Winslow come out and do Jimmy Hendrix, like, that, when they're in the Psycho Ward, that was actually kind of funny. Mm-hmm. The build-up to it was... Yeah, I mean, it was, it was just the play that Corsican Brothers was... That was terrible. Well, no, they were trying to go in a lame. different direction. They were trying to go in a different direction. They're trying right? to go mainstream, and it failed well, expand, Yeah, they were trying to expand their, I guess, fan base and just... Beyond Stone Yeah. yeah. Badoom! And uh, Still Smoking was bad. Dude, wait a minute. That's the one with They've been all doing that fucking stuff, 40 right? years now? No, they broke up for a long time. No. They only got back together in recent... Dude, but recent still, years. those movies have been around. First one says... Well, even the first one. Apparently, the first one is all their comedy bits just strung together. That's why it's the good one. Yeah, but... So, they've been doing that for almost 40 years. That thing's held up for 40 years, so... I enjoyed it. Out of all the stoner movies... Oh, yeah. Thank you, sir. I would say that held up. The one that didn't really hold up very well was... Uh, uh, well, no, Days of Confused holds up really well. Yeah. Days of Confused held up really well. I'm thinking of which is the one uh, half-baked. Yeah, I still, I've never seen that movie. It, it was did. funny as we were doing that deal where we were putting movie posters in the window years back. And I had that half-baked poster up for a fairly long period of time. Never saw the movie. Really? Yep. It didn't hold up so well. Well, that was Chappelle and Brewer. Huh? Chappelle and Brewer. Yeah. I'm going to get off the subject, but it's just like, you know, you're talking about you was reading his stuff. 
and in parts that I was reading that I tried to read and then the part where I was trying to watch a movie about it was about a it was a movie that he did and from his book and actually I did watch the movie about him but when I was in oh gosh I think it was I might have been in eighth grade where we had to read the tale of two city oh my god I got through the first chapter and I was that I well I flunked that year because I didn't read it <laughs> I didn't like it got it it bored the hell out of well and I just went and then when I see that kind of thing with with Edgar Allan Poe I'm going oh right who's another see I can't even tell you who wrote tale of two cities but it's supposed to be one of the other stories like Romeo and Juliet there was a lot of stuff in literature classes that we had to read that I kind of enjoyed reading it but at the same time I wasn't taken by the story necessarily and some of them are are classics. So I can remember when when I rode Mopey Dick. I read every bit of it. I couldn't wait to read more of it. But when the story was over, I realized I didn't like it. And I think I've only I, I only read read that one time because I didn't like it. That I like. So I guess I don't. Know. I still think just that's enough. Uh, By the way, I know that I've made fun of this before, and I'm a total douchebag. No, that's okay. <laughs> I, actually, I don't. I don't mind vaping. My, my father smokes cigars, and it kills me. All the smoke it fucking dries out my eyes and makes me sneeze and shit. Vaping smells kind of nice, actually. So I don't really care about that. So uh, you can, you can. But you're still a vapist. Just <laughs> I do. I remember sitting here, all of us, and me being like, "What a douchebag that guy!" Is. <laughs> yeah. I fucking roll up in one and looks at me and shakes his head. I'm like, I know, I'm a fucking dick. No, no, no. You know, you know how much of a dick he is now? He goes, I make my own flavors. He's one of those guys now. He's a craftsman's beer. Like, oh, you know what? They're black cherry. Their black cherry is not black cherry enough for me. I need I need a hint of well, vanilla. Well, I was doing it to save money, mixing my own flavors, because flavors can get expensive. But now, if you go online, I mean, it's so popular now. You can find so many deals. So yeah. it's just, it's not worth it for me to make it anymore. So I just. You just it, found you know. one you liked and just stuck with it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I just buy whatever's on sale. I'm not super picky. I like changing them out, though, because I don't like smoking the whole thing all day or vaping or whatever. <laughs> so, okay, where we're at? So, yeah, sorry, I got distracted there. You put a bottle in the freezer? Half a bottle, yeah. Why would you put wine in a freezer? It makes it really nice and cold because she had left it out in the, by the tub, so I thought that I was going to drink it that night that I was doing my bottle. And so I put it in the freezer because I was just going to chill a little bit and I never got around to it, so it's just been sitting for the last about couple of days. So, Isn't that red wine? Yeah, it's red wine. You don't drink red wine cold, asshole? I like red wine cold. I mean, I, I like it okay at room temperature, but I prefer it cold. It's I'm supposed to be anyway, dude. Goddamn animal. <laughs> I'm a fucking Philist. As it is, I only buy the cheapest fucking shit. You know, I, I it's basically Kool-Aid, you know, so I'm I'm not a connoisseur in any way, shape, or form. Full up God, dude. I'm telling you, you need to go to a vineyard and just taste everything they have. And you can find three or four things that you actually are like, you know what? That kind of hits my palate right. And you can start buying that stuff and develop a real taste for some decent, I'm talking like $10 a bottle of wine instead of that $2 bullshit. Your two buck chuck. It's not, it's $4. Sorry. Good Lord. Inflation, huh? <laughs> Motherfucker. Thanks, Trump. <laughs> Nothing going up for a while. When I first started drinking this stuff, it was three bucks. So it's only come up a buck in like 20 years. Do you realize what percent that is? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. What, uh, probably about, what, seven to 12, somewhere in there? No, it's a fucking lot. No. You said it went from $3 to $4? Uh-huh. What is that? 33.333% or some shit? So what's what 33.333% divided by 20? That's probably the cost of inflation, right? Oh, 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 oh. You talking about that? I thought you were talking about the alcohol percentage. No, motherfucker. What is that? Probably 6%, 7%? I think it's 7 no, no, plus. No, uh, 10? I was about to say, I think it's somewhere between 
between seven and twelve. It's got to be. It's got to be between ten or uh, ten and fourteen. Okay, might, I think it's in the ten to twelve range. Then, if you're thinking those kind of numbers, the average bottle of wine we drink, the alcohol content is probably fourteen, fifteen percent. I'm drinking a little bourbon right now, a little ninety proof. I spend a fair amount of uh, alcohol as Christmas presents, and they, it seemed to go over well in all cases. Say that again. I slung a lot of alcohol as Christmas presents, uh, and it seemed to go over well in pretty much all cases. Yeah, dude, if anything, just a fucking Specs gift card. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's nice when you can personalize it, though, when you can actually get uh, uh, something that they like and they're happy yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, so, so that's what you used to do at work. Apparently, they'd done it for like fucking a decade before I started working there, where they'd get all the managers. They'd, we'd go to the, the Specs mothership over off of uh, Smith Street downtown, and uh, or just outside of downtown, and we'd get like tequila for one boss and another vodka, so we'd get like a nice, you know, everybody pitches in 20 bucks, so we can get some decent shit. Um, and then like my current boss, we get him a bottle of wild turkey because he doesn't care about quality, he cares about quantity, so he gets like this <laughs> giant bottle of wild turkey and stuff like that. But this year, when Home Dude sent the email out, he was like, or do you want to do a gift card? And like a bunch of the more uh, Christian-y people were like, I feel more comfortable getting gift cards. And it's like, dude, we've got these people fucking alcohol for like a decade. Why, why are you, whatever, loose, lighten the fuck up, you know what I mean? What was, but So they were just a general gift card? Not Yes, we got them Amazon gift cards. <sighs> well, you can buy booze from Amazon, can't you? What's that? Can you buy booze from Amazon? Yeah, probably, but they're not. They're going to buy fucking trash bags and shit. Yeah. You're going to load it into their account and hold the next thing they buy is going to eat into that balance. I prefer the here, it's the holidays, you had a long year, drink some alcohol. Holier than thou yeah. motherfuckers just ruin everything. And I'm speaking as a social justice warrior and yeah. still it's like, come on guys, chill the fuck out. Yeah, dude. Have you watched Dave Chappelle's last two uh, stand-up comedy specials on Netflix that just came out? I, I know them by their uh, reputations. Uh, 2017 has yeah. not been kind to them. Uh, Well, they came out in 2018. Oh, they actually came out this year? Yes, they came out like a week ago. Oh, okay. I didn't realize they were that recent. Okay, so 2018 has not been super kind to them, probably in part because of how super sensitive everybody is over 2017. Well, yeah, because he, re- he released two in 2017, and part of what he talks about and the ones that just came out are that, of course, were recorded in 2017, but a lot of what he, you know, he talks about was... I know he lost Louis C.K. and shit, yeah. Some of the backlash he got, because he hadn't done stand-up in fucking 15 years, you know, until he started, you know, coming back out from his hermit stage, mm-hmm. and he's kind of like, he's like unfrozen caveman stand-up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where, where he's doing this fucking shit, like, dude, you can't say this shit anymore because uh, it's too... But he's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm Dave Chappelle, and I'm doing four of these, and then I'm leaving for good again anyway, so see you later. <laughs> you know, until I decide I want money, and I come back. So some of the shit he's saying, I'm like, wow, this totally wouldn't have been shocking five years ago, mm-hmm. but now... I can't believe you're saying this shit on stage and I kind of agree with some of it like oh this is weird but like I would never say that to anybody in public but yeah they're worth the while like I like I, I had it on in my passenger seat today just because they had fucking like three accidents on the freeway and I was just sitting I going anywhere so I'm like oh, I'll just put it on the, the Bluetooth and listen to it because it's stand up you don't need to watch stand up right so I was just listening to it in the car and I'm like oh my god dude like I was I was genuinely laughing in the car but some of it was just like holy shit I can't believe you're saying this dude this shit's fucking crazy you literally are Dave Chappelle and you don't give a fuck it's hilarious but yeah if you were uh if you were more uh, sensitive ideologies you would be absolutely appalled appalled pearl clutching pearl clutching <sighs> yeah it's a really difficult time right now because uh, nah, you know i no, but i mean there's a lot of shit that's happening now that needs to happen and at the same time as a dude there's some stuff where i'm like god damn it i'm not cool with that but i gotta just kind of keep my mouth shut yeah well know? i mean he's got one part where he's talking about all of you know he's talking about the, the feminist movement and the hashtag 
hashtag me too and stuff, right? And, uh, and I don't want, I don't want to spoil a bit because it's, it's a, he brings up some interesting points where he, because he talks about the perspective of African Americans where you can't just turn everybody away. So he's like, you're, you're, these women want support. And Ben Affleck comes out and he wants support. And then somebody yells, you grabbed a titty in 95. And he's like, well, fuck you. I'm not helping anymore. And he just kind of goes away. And it's like, well, you had Ben Affleck trying to help out, but you want to now, now everybody wants to accuse everybody of everything. So he's like, you need some people to help. And now every powerful male celebrity is going to be so damn scared that they might have brushed up against somebody 25 years ago and some accuser is going to come out and accuse them. You're not going to have anybody say fucking anything. And it's like, you need help because what eventually is going to happen is it's going to flip and those guys are going to get power again. And because you didn't have any support and it's going to come back even worse. And he's like, ask me how I know because we're freaking black people and this is how it works to us. You know what I mean? So it, it, there's some interesting perspectives and I'm not saying he's right all the time, but again, it's an interesting perspective and he's not like a white guy saying it. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there, there is that uh, continuum of time. There is that thing where it's like, you know, people were marching in the sixties and you have all this freedom that seems to be right around the corner. And then the eighties just fucking snap that shit back. And then you get a little bit more length in the nineties and the aughts just kind of snap that shit right back again. Yeah. I, it's, I want change. I want progress. But as you say, there are, there are a lot of guys that are getting pilloried right now. You're showing your ideological purity. Well, that's super, but that's not necessarily going to win you elections. Do you want to hear about my investing into cryptocurrency? Sure, go ahead. It's going pretty good, I guess. <laughs> I'm not going to be a fucking millionaire or anything, but I took, it was like 1600 bucks and I was up to uh, five grand total a couple days ago. I don't even, I've, I think I've heard murmurings about this. I know very little about any of that stuff though. Yeah, Bitcoin, all that shit. Okay. Bitcoin, altcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum. So you don't think that's going to just like spontaneously collapse one day? Oh, it absolutely could. It's, it's been going on the last couple of days, but hopefully it's just a little market correction. It'll keep going back up. The key is, you'll hear a lot of people say, cryptocurrency, that's just a bubble. Well, people make money in bubbles. So shut up. As long as you put in what you're willing, like I put in 1500 bucks, I'm willing to lose 1500 bucks to take a risk to possibly make a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. It's these people who are like maxing out credit cards and shit like that. That's the shit you don't want to do. Right. If you got 1500 spare bucks laying around in a bank account, accumulating no money, or you could take 1500 bucks and go try and make money with it. Well, then take the 1500 bucks, go try and make money with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that, and if you, if you, you lose, go- you're not going to like lose your house and your fucking job and your marriage isn't going to break up or whatever. <laughs> right. Well, that, and you can always kind of like go up, pull out your original investment and then let the rest of it ride. Yeah, absolutely. And, there's, there's and I could do that right now. I could do, I could, I could pull out half of, cause it's gone down some, so I've got maybe four grand in there. Mm-hmm. I could pull out half right now and just ro- roll two in there. But again, it's, it's a little early to do that, but yeah. well that, and again, you've said you're willing to lose the 15. And if you do have like a big boom, you want to have that multiplier in there as part of it, or you'll be kicking yourself. Cause you're like, damn it. If I just left that in there, I'd have had another 5k, you know, potentially. Exactly. Exactly. And you would be, you know, you'd be kicking yourself. But again, if it goes to zero, I'm like, ah, shit, I'm not 500 bucks, but that was a hell of a ride. I, you know, if I would have cashed out earlier, I would have made, you know, five, six grand or whatever. But anyway, yep. nope, nope, not me. <laughs> all, all I think of the, is the material thing I could buy for that, but I don't begrudge that. It's just for me, I, I, I've never had a thing for gambling. I, I always want to just take the money and put it in my pocket. I'm never wanting to let it ride. It's not, it's not necessarily gambling. I think that's sort of a weird way to look at it. Well, I recognize it's an investment, but you're investing. Uh, uh, on the- I wouldn't call it investing either. Okay. It's, it's, it's currency trading. It is what it is. It's, you know, you, you can get into a foreign exchange market and you can trade, you know, USD for, you know, peso to rubles to, and, and you can just hedge on the little fluctuations in currency. It's, it's the same. 
fucking thing. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't call it currency. I wouldn't call that an investment. Anyway, it, it's little nuances. I mean, you, you can say the stock market is gambling. I mean, that's I mean that's fine. That's how you view it. Then that's how you view it. Yeah. Well, then I have a strong aversion to it, but I recognize its value. Oh, there may be no value. <laughs> no, but I mean, to the stock market itself, I can see where that's one of the few ways you can avoid getting crushed by capitalism, basically. You can actually put your money into the markets and make money and just, you know, uh, uh, actually have your, your what you have uh, retain its value over time, you know, by through the, the stock market, where if you put your money in the bank, you're just going to end up losing money relative to what you put in there because you're never going to have enough interest to make up for the inflation. Right, exactly. You're, you're, if inflation's 3% a year and you're getting 1% in a bank account, well, then what the fuck are you letting it sit in that account for? Yeah. But so you're, you're literally losing 2% every year. Whereas if you can earn, let's say, in a shitty 401k, you're earning 4%. Well, at least you're beating inflation by a percent. At least your money's doing something. Mm-hmm. At least um, you're, it, it's a it's a zero sum, at least, as opposed to actually losing. Exactly. And, uh, and But that's the thing. You got to look at a long term. There'll be years where you look like, for instance, my 401k over the last like two uh, over the last 24 months is up 22%. That's outrageous. 22% is outrageous. But if you look at like a five year or a three year, it's up like 8%. Mm-hmm. It's because you lost a couple years and you gained a couple years. You got to look at it long term. Yeah. It's people, it's people who look at a short term and say, oh shit, I lost money this year. And they, then they'll try and pull their own money out, out of their own 401k and they'll try and trade a little bit on the side and then just losing and losing, losing, losing. Then it's all fucking gone. Um, anyway. Well, that but, you're you know, harshly penalized it, for when you pull it out too, right? Well, um, yeah, but sometimes you're not, you can put your money into like a, you can put your money into a 401k and have your own control over it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you say, I don't like the way this 401k is going. So instead of putting all of my retirement savings into this 401k, I'm going to put some into those 401k that my, you know, Fidelity or John Hancock, whoever controls. And then I'm going to put some over here in this 401k that I control. And I have the password to the E-Trade account and I can um, buy and sell the stocks. My, I get to choose the stocks my money buys. So as long as you're showing that it's still in the market, you're not penalized. Yeah. I don't think you're not penalized until you pull the money out. It's cash. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it, but I don't like, trade my own stocks. Mm-hmm. I trade cryptocurrency, <laughs> but I don't trade stock. Just the term cryptocurrency sounds nefarious. Oh yeah, for sure. My dog is sniffing microphone. Go away, dog. Go away, dog. Uh, go away, dog. Thank you. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, look, I mean, look, I'm a few grand. I can't, I can't argue right now. Well, I should say I'm not up a few grand until I cash out and I put into a bank account. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's just showing that I've got more money than I do. Well, again, not unlike gambling, you're up, you're down. It doesn't mean anything until you actually walk away from the table. Correctamundo. Uh, I can't remember what movie it was because I I would see Defoe. You know, a lot of character actors. I don't. I, it takes me a while if ever I remember their names. But it was it was some movie like the Boondock Saints or something he was in. And I think I think we saw that in the movie. Didn't we see that in the movie? Nah, I, I think uh, my cousin gave you a copy of the movie, and then you saw it and thought of me, and I ended up digging it. Okay. Well, however it happened, I knew. I know that it had a con- that movie had a connection to you somehow. I think my cousin gave you a copy, and you gave a copy to me because you figured what it was my bag. What movie was it that he was in where he dresses in drag? He's same one. Same one. Okay. Same. All right. Yeah. That was probably when I really. I, that was when I started remembering his name. Didn't Which is funny because I saw Platoon with you in the what, theater. What movie just released that he's in? I think I think he is in that movie. Yeah, but I, I, it was funny because you and I saw Platoon in the theater, and Defoe was in that. So it goes to show how far it took, how long it took for you to recognize him. I can tell you when that, that we saw that at Sharptown. Uh, and I hate it. And I've got it, and I still hate it. I've never watched it since. Well, but you see, it, it brought, you know, a lot of guys that were in war, they don't like to talk about it, okay? 
I've got a friend, her first husband, who is still around. I know real well. In fact, he met him once. He was in forward fire control in Vietnam in the 60s and uh, late 60s. And it scared the hell out of him. He's one of them guys that don't like to talk about the war. I have a tendency to remember the fun parts of the war. And some of the things that, because I was so young that probably should have terrified me at the time they didn't really terrify me but i never i can remember them in great detail but platoon see i didn't witness that kind of stuff but i saw bodies that i knew that was the kind of thing that had happened and there was something about that movie that went uh, it just brought back all the bad stuff the cruelty of the the americans in that but if I remember right, it affected me that day, and it, it kind of messed me up. We had to go. It wasn't until after we all went out to eat and stuff, I started to get over it, you know. But I never I never wanted to see the movie again. Um, the movie you hate so much. True Romance. Right. He's the spirit animal yeah. of uh, Christian Slater. Yeah. I don't hate that movie. <laughs> well. I, I, it's not one of my favorites, but I don't hate it. True. It just occurred to me, though, there's a bunch of people who are doing uh, top... Uh, 10 or or, or uh, over inclusive best of Tarantino list and they're not including true uh, uh, what they're not including that one true yeah true that, that absolutely has they're, to be on there yeah and, and what's weird is one of them even included fucking four rooms oh doesn't God, have that's like romance. the worst of them that's by no, far well, the worst I, I I actually like that movie but I don't think no 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 you like certain aspects stories of that movie I like the Robert Rodriguez one yes yeah, but those other great. ones that are really shitty. There's the Madonna one is really cool. Yeah. The Madonna one is horrible, dude. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. So, the one with the husband and wife was okay. The problem with the Tarantino one is it's, it's literally and they were, of course they're self-referential. They're doing an Alfred Hitchcock's Presents episode. They're redoing. Yeah. They're doing a remake of it. So how many points can you get for doing the cool snarky remake of an old fifties thriller half hour short? You know? Yeah. So I'm surprised that True Romance is on there because I really like that movie. Yeah. I'm, and even though it was directed by Tony Scott, it's definitely more of a Tarantino movie than some. Didn't he write another also, movie? Also, one of those assholes said Jackie Brown was the best Tarantino movie. Oh, like, God, no. Pulp it's Fiction. Always, there's always some fucking asshole. Uh, uh, no. Wet blanket motherfucker. No, no, no. no. That's a troll. 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 It's troll. Trolling. Troll. Uh, and don't get me wrong. I, I, Toll troll on that one. Jackie Brown has grown on me over the years. I like but it. Anybody who says that's the best movie, you got to kind of look at them cross eyed. Because unless, unless they just hate Tarantino and that's the one they do like, I'll buy that. Because it's the least Tarantino movie he ever made. Yeah. Uh, and it is a more mature work than most anything else he's ever done. But are you trying to tell me it's his best work? No. Only if you don't like Tarantino to begin with. Yeah, no, no. To me, and, by and far, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. A ten, a top ten. Pulp Fiction, by far. I, that better be at the top of the list. Dude. That's. Uh, I would say there's up to four correct choices, but that's my correct choice. Okay. What would be the other three correct choices? I, I, there are people who really love Kill Bill, and especially if you oh, true, yeah. Out loud for yeah, it. Yeah, sure. uh, and Django Unchained is also a really awesome flick. True. Um, and then Reservoir Dogs, I think, is a valid choice as well. I know people who like Reservoir Dogs and don't like Pulp Fiction. Really? Yeah. And for me, I've grown less enchanted with Reservoir Dogs over the years, in part because of just the overt racism, although I recognize that these are not commendable characters that they're playing, yeah. so it would make sense they would be that way. But it does wear on me more, especially because they really, they're still treated as sympathetic characters, whereas in something like Django Unchained, there's a lot of racism, and the racists are all treated as outright villains. Yeah. But also, I just don't think it's as crackerjack as Pulp Fiction. It doesn't have the verve that Pulp Fiction has. I, I just think it's hard to justify in terms of just sheer craft how much better Pulp Fiction is. Reservoir Dogs is 
really set up like a stage play. And I think it works very well as a stage play. Mm-hmm. It's not as good of a movie. You know, it just doesn't work as well as a movie as it does as a, as a, as a stage play that is doing the best it can with the restrictions that it has on its budget. I would say, I would agree with that. Cause like I said, I just rewatched Reservoir Darks maybe two months ago. It, it didn't hold up as well. Yeah. Like I, I thought I still think there's certain movie, scenes yeah. that held up really well yeah. that I was like, Oh, I remember the scene and I really got excited. But for the, for the actual flow of the movie, it, Kind of drags a little bit. Yeah. It's very drag, especially that scene to me where Heavy Cartel and Tim Roth are sitting there looking at the bank and they're talking, they're doing the taco joke. I didn't realize how like long that scene is. It's yeah. kind of you know hit him in the nose and now get. It. I was like, yeah, this is kind of. So yeah, Pulp Fiction. I can rewatch the movie and I never get tired of it. Yep. So yeah, you're gonna have to it's cut all this out. Two and a half hours you can spend in the cinema. <laughs> you're gonna have to cut this out, and put it somewhere else, dude. Yeah. All right. So back onto uh, yeah, you know, Jet, Jet Li was promised to me as our Jackie Chan, and it just never panned out, did it? Well, I mean, he was in the worst Lethal Weapon movie by far, and that was like one of his big breaks here in the states. And yeah, I mean, they kept trying to make him happen, but I think he did cooler looking martial arts than Jackie Chan, but he. Just did not have the personality. It was never as much fun watching him. That was a weird era. That Jackie Chan Rumble in the Bronx kind of <laughs> rush hour fucking because like those were the bookend the bookends, right? He started with Rumble in the Bronx and bookended with the rush hour movies. Where it was just this weird fascination everybody had with Jackie Chan. It was a very bizarre time. I, I didn't. I don't like any of those movies. And like I remember the first time I saw like some scenes of Rumble in the Bronx. I'm like, all the shit's dubbed. Like these are voiceover actors. Like this is so fucking weird. I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theaters too. A lot of people did. Dude, people ate those movies fucking up big time. I thought and it was I, okay. I, I remember that they made a big deal about how during the credits, they kept showing the scenes where after he'd broken his leg and the various ways they had to hide that he'd broken his leg, performing yeah, his own yeah. stunts. I still don't think I've seen that movie all the way through. Rumble in the Bronx. I... I I don't think I have. I think that the late 90s and early 2000s, one of the last periods where people had a really high tolerance for really shitty acting. I think that the people who are willing to put up with that kind of acting just like moved on to watching reality television instead. People just don't tolerate that level of acting in movies anymore. Rotten Tomatoes will not allow you to make movies with that caliber of acting anymore. Yeah, probably not. And the level of uh, athleticism and choreography used, it's just not that impressive today because we're so desensitized to it. Where at the time, had anybody really seen that level of fucking fight choreography? I would say no, absolutely not. And now it's just, I mean, with the advent of CGI and fucking green screen and wire act bullshit, anybody can do that kind of, with the Matrix, the Matrix snuff all that shit out. Because I'm like, oh, you, you can you make know, fucking I think anybody. That's, I, that's the silver bullet right there. I think the Matrix ruined it for practical physical effects, you know, action effects. Because we used to be fascinated by that stuff. And now again, every movie has those kind of ridiculous martial arts moves and they're doing it so well now you can't tell reality from fiction. So it, it just doesn't play like it used to. Yeah, I mean, you could you would have Jackie Chan would actually bend his body at the knees or step parkour his way up a fucking building. Whereas, you know, the Matrix, it was doing bullet time, 360 cameras all around him. And he wasn't really doing that. He wasn't rigged up with wires, but they can hide them all now. So it's like, oh, great. I don't have to put up with your dubbed voiceovers. I can watch Keanu Reeves do it. Well, and that we're, I think, aware of the physical toll that takes. And it's much harder to hear somebody on breaking their body down the way that you have to go through for something like that. Yeah, it's just it's not necessary. But that, that was a weird, really kind of pocket in American cinema. Wait, wait, okay. The greatest vampire movie of all time. Dust of Dawn. Latin vampires, Aztec warriors. Done. Done. See, wait, you don't have a Black Panther yet, so you're hewing to from Dust of Dawn. I don't give a shit, dude. That greatest vampires of all time. Selma Hayek is the queen of vampires. Uh, that's that's a delightful. Yes, I'm a big fan of Selma Hayek. And Ain't no movie. vampire hotter than her. And then number one, their vampires came in but different forms. Snake-like, mutants. That like. movie popular, though, was that it was half a movie... 
of like a crime thriller by crime Quentin thriller, Tarantino. And yeah. All of a sudden, it took this fucking U-turn. <sighs> no, to me, the greatest is the 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 very ending when there's pulling the back and you see the bar on top, and then you realize it's the top portion of an Aztec temple, mm-hmm. and you see all those trucks. I saw that, and I was like, that explains vampires one million percent. I love the fifty foot woman, but it was mostly because damn, she looked good. You know, you sit there wondering, damn, she's just too big for a blowjob. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but she looked good, you know. And of course, at the time they they were showing that on TV in the '60s, and that was before Raquel Welch and stuff. You know, that was about the sexiest thing I'd ever seen on TV. I mean, it was redone. I've got both of them at home, but yeah, Daryl Hannah did the remake, right? That's right, Daryl Hannah. And if I remember right, I didn't think she. I thought she was better looking, but not as sexy. But they even did that cartoon version. I think it was called Monsters Inc. or something. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 yeah, I know what you're talking about. It wasn't about. Monsters Inc., but it was one. It was uh, Aliens versus Monsters, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. I, I guess I got to explain too. My movie watching is I, almost on all movies I see, I go in expecting nothing or expecting it to suck. I, I don't put high expectations on my movies, which I recently did with Black Panther. Let me just jump on that for just a second and I'll jump right back off. <laughs> I thought it was a good, fun movie. Definitely did not think it was the best of the Marvel movies. I think it was a middle-of-the-road Marvel movie and I think it just is good and enjoyable and I'm glad that a lot of black kids now have a hero to look up to. Oh, yeah. But I, I think it was over overhyped. Well, outside of fact, I went to Walmart and I saw a giant Black Panther pillow. <laughs> I saw and I was like, holy sh-. They're sending these little backpack or not like a sleeping bag type things. Their display was giant. Yeah. I just saw it the other you saw day. it. Yeah. Dude, they are. Black Panther is everywhere. Yeah, they got fucking blankets, blankets pillows. I was like. supplies. It's, it's like. And dude, and, and all I hear is people and complaining and was, about they didn't do enough with Black Panther. You know, there's not enough stuff out for people. Oh, no, and no, no. You've no, seen dude, how much stuff there is. Yeah, dude, there's tons. And the thing was, it wasn't just that was there. It looked cool, and I could see a kid finding something there they want. It could be from a toy to a fucking simple. I, like I said, they had these little, like, sleeping bags that would roll out, and it comes with a plush figure. Dude, the Black Panther ones, I saw, like, kids walking around with them. Because they had a cool, plush Black Panther doll that you could hug and, I guess, sleep with. Yeah. I almost bought the fucking pillow, dude, because it's just a big Black Panther head. I mean, you could actually see his skin tone underneath, and I was like, you know this is Black Panther. There's a black man in this pillow. I was like, dude, it's such a cool-looking pillow. And it was huge, too. Like the size of one of the big couch ones, and everything was reasonably priced. Then when I went to the t-shirt section, dude, they had t-shirts, boxers, yeah, fucking slippers, little Who was black saying their they slippers. Didn't, they didn't market black. Uh, I was reading on the internet. Maybe I'm mistaken, or maybe I oh, read dude, the wrong thing. Those motherfuckers, those dudes yeah, haven't gone to fucking Walmart. If you go to Walmart. Macy's or J.C. Penney's, <laughs> yeah. perhaps go to fucking, fucking Walmart. Walmart dude, that was there. They had the glass cups. Did you see that? Yeah. Well, no, I actually like. They have like those, you know, those sleep pants for dudes, like uh, the yeah, little fleecy. But they had the Jack Kirby Black Panther yeah. leaping. I was like, dude, dude, nine dollars. I don't think that's Kirby. They, they, they have a tendency to pick one promotional image that they use over and over again. And I, I think the image, I think the image that they're using is uh, either like a Rich Buckler or maybe a Billy Graham. Really? I thought it looked very Kirby-ish. Hey, it's it's blocky like Kirby, but I don't believe it's Didn't a Kirby. Billy Graham just died. Oh no, he's been gone for a while. Oh, no. sorry. Yeah, that Billy. No, that, yeah. not the televangelist Billy, Billy Graham. Graham. Yeah, that's died, a right? Billy Graham. Yes, okay. not the one I'm talking about. But, I'm talking uh, about the comic book artist from the 1970s. <laughs> 
But they had, they had a, I mean, Black Panther uh, house shoes. They had everything, dude. So I was kind of like, if I was an investor and I walked in, I'm like, well, they're definitely backing this movie up because they want everyone to buy something Black Panther to take home with them. So then that movie's definitely going to do something. Like, now again, this is these, uh, Disney. Universe. So of course, Disney's going to pump out product like crazy. But I just, I, I think you have to look at how much a company cares about their characters. Now, these, the, Disney's already learned from the past, from Iron Man 1. You know, I don't well, even that remember, you know. Now, though, Walmart. I was kind of shocked. I didn't see a lot of Ragnarok like uh, stuff. Thor Ragnarok. I didn't see any stuff like that because I really wanted to buy a, uh, was it Cog? I think I think figure. Walmart had some t-shirts. Really? Yeah. But not like Black Panther, but they had like fucking pillows and backpacks. Well, Black and, Panther's a whole new revenue stream. Thor, so? Thor's had three shots and he's not, he doesn't have that consumer base. You know, they, they the, the action figures were peg warmers to a large degree, I'm afraid. And so they see a new revenue stream for Black Panther that they were not going to see with Thor. Well, sure. even with the good reviews you had going into Thor, like you said, you can't tell me that they were a little weren't a little worried. Cause yeah, they put a lot into it, knowing that the first two were on the lower end of the Marvel. Well, no, they, they they made money. You know, like uh, the first Thor made way more money than Captain America. Dark World did really well. They haven't been fondly remembered though. No, they're not. And they and they and they were not merchandised well. They did not do a lot of money on, on the merchandising front. Oh man, I'll tell you what though, the backlash against Guardians of the Galaxy two really pissed me off. I tried to people telling me that, oh yeah, I forgot that movie existed as soon as it after two weeks after I watched it. It's like, well, you did. I didn't. I still think it's one of the best Marvel yeah. movies. It's one, yes, that's definitely in the, the and it's top one of the weirdest movie. Marvel movies. And uh, oh yeah, it's top five for me for sure. But but there are other people that are just like, yeah, I completely forgot about it. It wasn't as good as the first one because it wasn't as mainstream and obvious. I mean, the first one was too mainstream for me. The second one was just weird enough to make me happy. Um, sorry. So back to uh, Paquita actually confronted me with that last night as we were going to sleep. She's like, why didn't you like Black Panther? I'm like, I like Black Panther. And she's like, no, you kept tearing at it and going at it on the podcast and stuff like well yeah but because I wanted to love it and I only liked it I still enjoyed it it was a good movie I liked it I just I want, I expected to love it and I thought that the Black Panther himself was kind of lame like everybody around him was so much cooler than he was that they outshone him to such a degree that I was like they didn't have enough oxygen left for him to stand out so I think it's a great movie for black women to finally have superheroes because that's something oh, that was really bad. yeah, yeah. Uh, Koye special was fucking just awesome but uh, and she's already Michonne so I'm already on her side but Panther himself he didn't you know I mean he jumped around and he slashed his stuff and that was about it I, and there wasn't enough comedy for me I, I think a Black Panther movie should be funny the, my favorite Black Panther stories have like Everett K. Ross or Queen Divine Justice that are bringing some really genuine laughs which is rare in comics and then the movie from a studio that's known for injecting comedy into their action movies has virtually no comedy in it you know it's very light on comedy so yep. yeah So plus it wasn't Wonder Woman so he wasn't gonna like it anyway <laughs> Just throwing that on top. That's my last shot. That's my last shot at you. I, I'm admittedly shot a bigger, fired over the bridge. I'm admittedly a bigger Wonder Woman fan than I am a Black Panther fan. I, I, that's not any kind of secret, I would think. So that's definitely part of it too. So it gets it gets more leeway. That's well, and the fact is they got Wonder Woman right. Oh, so, here we go. So we're, no, we're, no, no, no. We're going back to Universal. This is going to be a whole other podcast. I, I got to take a leave. Okay. And I'm going to run next door and grab a soda, you guys. I think it'd be too. Actually, let's do that. All right. I'll export to make sure we don't anything. Okay. And we'll dive in the dark universe. Okay. Did you see Night of the Living Dead when it came out? Actually, I think I did. And I think I saw it on a matinee, but it wasn't a kid's matinee. It was an afternoon matinee. I know we saw Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because we saw that at Northwest Mall Cinema. Yeah. We liked the part. I remember our favorite part was when he had the chainsaw chasing the bit across the ice chest. <laughs> I think that was the second one. Okay, it was the second one then. All right, I mean, you know, I don't know. Shit, you're, you're talking before you were born. 
Nah, that was around for the second one. I actually watched that the other night. I watched the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I just wanted to check it out just to see because I hadn't seen it in a long time. And just seeing how it was and, and the guy, the the big guy, the brother of the of the group, you know, and then how it, that man would just sling it around and make his grunting noises and all that but you know at first when we when you first see something like that originally it was like wow man you know and this really was supposed to well yeah i've discussed this on on these podcasts with him before and see he's not of a generation where he'd realize that when we saw this stuff it was pretty shocking i mean play misty for me was a shocking movie you know the exorcist was a shocking movie texas chainsaw massacre and when the second one came out it was still shocking in a way i mean really nightmare on elm street was shocking there'd never been a movie that was you know you got to think that people for so long thought two-dimensional and there was so many restrictions on film an R rating, when we were kids, man, if it had an R rating, that was a movie we couldn't wait to see. We just knew we'd see Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. We were sitting there when we watched that. We were teenagers. We couldn't believe they let us in to see that. The Flint movies or Barbarella, all that stuff was scandalous. And, of course, we couldn't wait to see that stuff. And if we got in, a lot of those movies were restricted. You had to be 17 or with somebody that was 17 to get in. There's a few times we bought tickets to other movies to get in because at a cinema you could just you know nobody ever paid any much attention to your ticket stuff they wouldn't let you in for one you'd say we're going to another movie and we'd end up going to see the movie we wanted to see but then again we thought cinemas were pretty cool anyway because there's a lot of times we saw every movie in the place <laughs> we did that at the original cinema that we had that was at Gulf Gate yeah there'd be two movies showing yeah at that time what I was going to say earlier uh, they just had the two the big screens there and then yeah and we, and and we, could, we would and come in at the, like the noon it. matinee, and there wasn't hardly anybody there. And we'd watch the movie we are going to watch. Sometimes we'd watch it twice. Well, then the afternoon crowd's coming in. There's a lot of people. Nobody's paying attention yeah, on go who's see, going in to we'd see go what. we the one on the other side. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I'm just going to say that while I respect it, and I definitely enjoy it, just because of how I grew up and because I saw the sequel so many times on basic TV and because I just enjoy how crazy it is and how it doesn't take itself too seriously, I actually prefer the Texas Chainsaw Massacre part too. That's that's that, like I respect them and I enjoy Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but the sequel is is what I actually have love for. It was better because, like I said, I, I watched it. You like the second one better too, then? Yeah, I watched the first one and I remembered the second one, and then all the ones they've made since then, and even the one with Matthew Conaghy. The first one, like I said, when I watched it, oh, I, it was about a week ago. I watched it on my Amazon Prime, and then they got, got it was free, so I just thought, man, I wanted to watch it because there was this this lady this cna she come in there and uh she was talking about that and she says what are you watching i said oh, i'm watching some horror flicks right now because i wanted to check out what they had on amazon and she's oh no i can't watch those scary movies or nothing like that so yeah, see, i don't want to look flicks, up my tv horror but, flicks just bore the crap out of me yeah now. but then I, but anyways i was i was actually watching it i hadn't seen the original texas chainsaw massacre and i don't know probably over 20 years and it was almost a comedy to me well, <laughs> yeah. When we saw, when we saw two, if that was the one we saw, and I'm pretty sure it was, since y'all corrected me, we watched it. We thought it was a comedy. We I think it is a comedy. I, I believe that the director didn't want to make the sequel, and he said, "Fuck it," and decided he was going to do a satire over the first movie. Yeah, and then that, that's part of why I think it's great because 
is so much more fun. It's not trying to be gritty and arty. It, it's it's trash and it knows it's trash. It's having fun being trash. Well, I remember I saw it was uh, The Exorcist when it was in the theater's first run, and I saw it in San Diego, California, at the downtown theater, which was an old theater. But they showed first run movies. I saw it with this girl I was engaged to at the time. We really thought that was pretty scary then, and I just come back from the war, and we I thought it was scary. But now, you know, uh, it didn't take it too long. Within a year after it was made, people started laughing at it. And it's like that part where she pees on the carpet in the beginning. People were kind of horrified at that at first. But, you know, it was just a matter of months. That and spitting pea soup was a big joke. I also saw Deep Throat in that movie theater. Something else, boy, I thought I'd seen it all until I saw that. Like, what really scares me, like, when you talk about fears, I don't have, like, spiders or snakes or anything like that. I have, like, uh, did you ever see that movie, was it Wrong Turn, where those hillbillies right. were, like, mm-hmm. dude, something like that happening, like, fucking terrifies me. And I'm from the woods, so I guess maybe that's why. But <laughs> well, you know, happened, when, you're, like, when you're isolated, things can happen, you well, know? And, and another big thing scares me, like, a lot lot of like i love rob zombies music uh-huh. but and I, I actually did enjoy his halloween movies to a point but his other movies that everyone loves like the devil's rejects and stuff like that yeah like the, those are my favorite dude ones. those fucking clowns and and the way he does the cinematography with like the fishbowl blends and they're all laughing and everything for some reason dude like if you guys were to turn this on and be like we're gonna watch this i'd be like yeah i'm gonna take off guys what's well, unsettling dude those to see that is really unsettling i yeah. think i think that's what he went for because i remember when we saw House of a Thousand Corpses I called Frank I'm like I just saw a movie that took me back to the 80s when I was a kid and it was the first time I ever saw like a Friday the 13th movie or something and then I'd take this asshole to the movies he's like eh it's okay and I'm well, like, I like the better when it was called Texas Chainsaw Master Part 2 but yeah but see that was the point though I it, it was a movie that transported me back to then because up to that point I hadn't seen a horror movie that made me feel like that like that that anxiety in the theater I remember I'd sit there and I'm like eh like because my, my sister loves to go see any kind of movie and she does like horror movies but we'd always go watch them and it's all these fucking Emily Rose and all that the shit that and I'm like these movies are fucking garbage I'm bored out of my fucking mind and then we go see this and it wasn't so much the premise of a house it was just the feel of it it felt like I, a I fucking did, I actually movie. did like the aesthetic I, I liked I, I like Doctor what's his name Doctor uh, Doctor Satan I said, yeah. just the look of him the, the whole I mean you're right it is a callback to Texas Chainsaw Massacre but that's one and two after three at, well those uh, are terrible movies horrible. after one, two, Dude, three, I just watched bad, Leatherface yeah. Yeah, it bad. was garbage I was so fucking I was sitting there, I'm like, ooh, this is going to be scary. I sat through and I'm like, that's it? I was so disappointed with it. See, that, it's, it's funny that movie came up right away because that Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the root of my fear. Of, Wrong turn. Uh, yeah. When I was, man, I was maybe 12, 13, and, and my dad believes, and I believe partly too, it's where uh, part of my panic disorder comes from. We had a neighbor babysitting us, and she had seen it. And I, I'm this little kid, and she's telling me about it. And I got more messed up by people having, telling me about having, movies. I was having panic attacks that night, that mm-hmm. next day, dude, for like a month. And I'm not really ashamed to say this because if anyone laughs at me, fuck them. So, <laughs> uh, but man, for like I'm talking a month, maybe even two months, my dad had to check every fucking room in the house before I'd go to bed. And some nights, you know, my sister'd have to sleep. I mean, it got like ingrained that 
fear. So I think anything like that just is like, I do not want to turn around and take off running and be like, see ya. Uh, but your, your mind messes you up way more than the movies does. It's like yeah. I, had a, I had a history teacher that told us about the last scene in, or one of the last major sequences in Silence of the Lambs, where she's down in the cellar with him and, you know, she's trying to find him and then the lights go out. And then they, they, he didn't continue the story from there. He just left it to your imagination, told you, you know, if you get the chance to go see it, even though we're like, you know, teenagers at the time. So we necessarily should have been allowed to go see that movie. But because I, he created this image in my mind of what I was going to see, when I actually saw the movie, it was disappointing because it was just a movie then. Whereas when he was playing out in my mind, you know, creating this scenario and making it completely real for me, it messed me up. So I've definitely had, and as a kid too, because I didn't have cable. So kids were always telling me about movies they saw that I didn't have access to. So I had to come up with them in my own mind based on what they're telling me. And those movies messed me up way more than when I actually saw the movies and saw the, the strings and the bad lighting and the bad acting and all the artifice that takes you out of the reality that the movies are trying to create. Your own mind doesn't do that to you, so you can mess yourself up way more with your imagination than you can with the actual product. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. Uh, so yeah, but even when that was happening stuff, that, that didn't change my love for the for the Universal Monsters. Um also heard, uh, also heard the Drax. Although I do like the new look for Drax, I'm a bit bummed that four parter was weak. I'll still read it though. Best thing about the art, God damn it! I didn't do this. Did you hear me just do that? What? It's like I get cotton mouth whenever we talk, and I'll. Yeah, you do that pop. God. I have to take that I out. I fucking of hate that shit. The good dude. thing is it's very visible. It's this long black yeah. lines. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was trying to chop them yeah. out too, because now that I have to fucking edit it. Now I'm like, God, you motherfucker. How many asshole. times did you have to take the word right out? I didn't take right out. You have to take any right outs? Okay, I didn't. I didn't notice, but like, it's. it's I was gonna start chilling. taking his. Um, now what the, um, the fuck knows? did you keep saying? No, he kept saying. Now obviously. Now obviously, now obviously, uh, he doesn't well, do that that often. He did it like a thousand times. Literally, all three of us are literally, literally, literally. literally. Well, and now the one thing I do too much of is no, but no. Like you'll I say haven't really caught that. I no. do that, dude. They call me out at work about that. I haven't heard that. No, why you always tell me no? I try. I've spent hours. Editing this shit, so I know a lot of those yeah. words. I've never cut that of you. No, either that or we talk over you and drown it out, and I just never heard it. Yeah, fuck you on that one too. <laughs> Two, three, now. Thanks to the 108 Sage, Ellie Bats, Doctor Ange, Bill Beer, Chris at Bat Books, Coffee and Comics, Comics in the Golden Age, Cosmic, Daniel French, Doctor Pop Culture, Suetsum, El Romero Nero, Gregory Litchfield, The Hammer Strikes, Derek at History of Comics on Film, Into the Weird. It's Plastic Man, Jeffrey Brown, Julie Dushane, Justice's First Dawn, Keith G. Baker, Kyle Benning Likes Comics, Lee Jr., Long Box of Darkness, Luke H. Brown Number 3118, Mass Designs, Myrna Loy, Odell Abner Dracula, who noted monster calories with a cry laughing emoji, Paul Matthew Carr, Professor Frenzy, Rad Adventures, Randy Caldwell, Resurrections Podcast, Richard G. Ryan Daly, Scott X. Siskoid, Steve Scully, Tim Price Pod Crasher, Wonder Woman, Warrior for Peace Podcast, and Zach Sally. All by myself. I'm singing all by myself. I can still hear you, by the way. Oh, you asshole. That was creepy.